Mark P. Devereaux of Verbal Assault live stream. We're giving you the final show of the week today. Uh, we have had quite a week. We, uh, we are a panel of people that have differing points of view. And being a political podcast, sometimes that means that things can get taken very personally and people get very, very passionate and all this other stuff. I'm happy to say that we have an intelligent group of people here that has conversations about things that are very uncomfortable for most of us Americans to speak about. We're not even all American that are on the panel today. And I love that because that means that we think outside of ourselves. I'd like to reintroduce you to personality and international model and entrepreneur, Cherokee Black. Hi, thank you. I'd like to say hello to author, historian, uh, professor, and the king of Kirkopedia, Kirk Adair. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to say hello to the author of Further Beyond and uh, the neuroscience pioneer who is coming to us from the country of Mexico, Ruben Marquina. Hola a todos. Hi. What was that? Hi, everyone. <laughs> you must have been speaking Spanish or Spanglish. I, I don't even know. Anyway, um, speaking of Spanish speaking, I'd like to say hello to our researcher, our advocate, and our person who makes sure her voice is heard because everyone's voices are not being heard. Her name is Nyerka Encarnacion. It's not Eureka. It's not Formica. It's not Kaloka. It's Nyerka. Saludo, Nyerka. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, I would like to go ahead and give an introduction to uh, my buddy who is the host of Political Firestorm. He has just signed a, a contract who, and he's going to be on the airwaves soon. So we want to make sure that we talk him up. We've discussed cross-pollinating. You know, I don't know with my sexuality. I just don't even know if I should have said that. But anyway, just leave that alone. Um, anyway, he, he is... Um, he is related to Samuel Adams of, of, of beer fame in Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts. He's related to John Adams and John Quincy Adams. He is a person who is happy to tell you that even though he is right-leaning, he has some history and bedside do or die. Rob Arnold, how are you feeling today? Well, first thing, first I'll say I'm fine and well, healthy and strong and hale and hearty. Uh, but uh, I will say also that um, I have good news. Uh, on next week's programs, I will have video up, so I will grace the world with my visual presence. Yay! You know what? Hold on, mofo, because how are you going to sit there and tell us that you can't be show your picture on this damn show, but you're going to put it up for your own show? Well, I have a picture from my uh -uh. YouTube. You see how stuff. Caucasians are, y'all? See, this no, I tried to get Cole. Cole, I tried. Whoa, 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 whoa. Cole and I tried I to get that. <laughs> no, I tried to get at least the picture up. 
but anyway, yeah, I think uh, I got a guy that's going to square that away for me this week. So you will see me uh, next next week's programs uh, animated uh, and visually, uh, vi you know, uh, um, you know, aware. So you know, and uh, and that's good because everybody else but me. And well, you got the guy with the bag over his head, Bobby out of Long Island, but. <laughs> but uh yeah i'll be uh i'll be visual i'll be video next week oh oh i'm sorry was rob still talking oh forgive me um yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah rob was talking for all 40 seconds <laughs> so today's topic is uh and we, and we tend to go a little bit lighter on fridays because we really pumped it out for the week for-profit versus non-profit social justice versus social equity we were talking a little bit about business yesterday um so I'm just curious of, uh, I'm holding before I answer the question because I'm thinking about Samuel Kachira and his three questions. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna throw these out quick. How do we change the social justice model of business? Nyerka, how do we change it? That's what I'm thinking about because it's definitely gonna be different. Um, I feel that there is going to be a lot of independent um, businesses coming up. People are going to start being more creative and trying to come up with something um, to start off. And we have to be aware of that so we could, we could you know, be able to um, help them out. Um, so I think that that's one of the ways that it's going to change. People are going to be more creative, come up with new, new things. To, to sell or, you know, e even use their skills to help somebody else. And then, you know, you do that interchange of for money. So that is, that is uh, help out, but not hand out, correct? Right. Help okay. out, not hand out. Exactly. I don't want to hand out. Okay. All right. Um, mm -hmm. Should we even have a social justice model of business? Uh, Kirk Adair, what do you think on that? Well, what are you what are you referring to as a social justice model? That's that's very uh, ephemeral. As a uh, it's like trying to cut cut fog with a knife. It's in what way are you referring? What what are you referring to? How are you structuring that idea? Well, that's a good question. How should it be structured? Should we even have a social justice model at all? Well, uh, what are you using as an example of a social justice model right now so that I have a better idea of where you're going with this? Let's ask a different question. Let's scrap that one. Let me ask you this question, Kirk. <laughs> Why don't CEOs allow employee stock options more often? Greed. There it is. Because they use and control. Greed right. and control. Two things. Greed, control. That's it. Okay. Um, Kirk, and Bear, I, need you to, I need you to tell me how you really feel. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I'm sorry, Sam, you're away from your mic and you're not coming in. One more time, my brother. Didn't Google. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. All right. Didn't Google uh, <laughs> offer the stop, stock options? Many of their employees, employees, have options with the company, and they're quite wealthy right now. That's that's one company. That's one of them. Starbucks did the same when thing. When I was younger, it used to, all the companies did that. Banks, everybody, 
made sure that that their employees had stock options and different things so that Which when they what hired, they had, you know that's that's a long time ago though they don't have that now they don't even have pensions anymore in some places it's ridiculous. They, they brought they brought that back in the fashion industry that's what trump yes. brought back Right. Yeah. 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 Trump brought that back. Yeah. And, and you know, some, sometimes. Trump, well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You just said Trump brought back what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you just said you said Trump brought that back, right? Don't give. Yeah. Don't give. Yeah, don't business having uh, in in Wall Street. Exactly what we were talking about. Let's not get off topic. Go ahead, Sam. Finish up. Oh no, we're on topic. No, we're, we're on, on topic. Marquis topic. So uh, yeah, you can continue. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna um, look. Some I, Marquee, reason, I'm sorry, a man Rob. Work. You were saying, go ahead, Rob, quickly. Let's add something to that uh, that stream of consciousness right there. Sometimes somebody will be working for a company for 30 years, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whoever the person may be, and including plenty of white people, where they will go and work 30 years and then just be, you know, for a company right. and say, never miss a day of work, you know, really dutiful. And they will be unceremoniously dumped without so much as a gold watch. That's right. right. It didn't yeah, used so to be like. It's just terrible. I mean, I think Kirk, he nailed it. It's yeah. greed and it control. Mm -hmm. And what, 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 I, what I hate even more than greed is jealousy is class envy well and well well you said that before but but why what, what i'll say it again jealousy if, if someone is desiring if someone is desiring access do we call that jealousy no if somebody is desiring access they can taking but if if they if they're what i'm desiring is that you had better really wife working hard it's not just about better Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi is suddenly the end-all, be-all of equality. Come on, look. Somebody, he's trying I'm to talk about your Wi-Fi. You're on bootleg Wi-Fi right now, and I at least need you to get boost Wi-Fi. <laughs> I think I'm coming in perfectly clear. And of course you do. Yeah. And so, so I don't even know why you brought that stupid shit up. <laughs> but it's. But I'm just going to simply say that it really is about personal responsibility more than anything else. And there are, there are black men and black women who are business owners who are not given as fair a shake. And so we need reform at all times. There's no doubt about it. That, that reform has been going on for years and it will be going on forever. Right. Well, um, in a conversation, I mentioned several marginalized groups. Yurka Encarnacion responded and she said, you think a lot. When I said, veteran, youth, black, brown, women, physically challenged, formerly incarcerated, those that don't speak English as a first language, elderly, shall I continue? I'll stop there. About deaf people, LGBT. Yes, transgender as well. And you said, "How about deaf people?" That's something. That's that a disability. I, because mm -hmm. right. because I see people who cannot speak, and I do know certain parts of sign language. Mm 
I know how to say my name. Um, that's my level of sensitivity. I speak Spanish. Me llamo Marques de Ro. I make it a point to get outside of my comfort zone. So again, uh, Ruben, Ruben, brother, I'm going to give I'm going to give you a minute. I'm going to give you a minute. He's what? He just he unmuted. Muted? He was muted. He's okay. okay. Yeah, I put the message out. Okay. Ruben, why would you say the CEOs don't always allow more stock options? What do you think? What is it? What is your opinion as a centrist? Uh, as a centrist. <laughs> because I don't know what's going I don't know what's going on in Mexico. I only can speak from the perspective of the United States. But Mexico is part of North America. All right. So I think that in terms of business, it really depends on what model that business has. I mean, there are tons of models, you know, and, and so, so we're depending on, you know, stock, for instance, I know people from Europe who just got paid their shares from airlines because airlines, many of them went bankrupt and a lot of people got delayed from their jobs. So, uh, when you say delayed, do you mean furloughed? Uh, sorry, they laid off work. Laid it off. Okay. Right. So um, you're like a delayed. lot of these I'm people, like, well, coming in a in lot of these people who were very highly motivated to be on part of, you know, the structural business of airlines, all of a the sudden they got cut off and here's your money. Thank you for 20 years of service, but now the company is suffering and we can't keep you on board. So you know, that's but they're just, still shareholders, right? No, because they pay them. They, the shares were flunking because, you know, there's no traveling. So their shares were, you know, liquefied in money. So, I mean, this is a different scenario. So that's exactly, you know, it really depends my answer on which business you're referring to. If you're speaking small businesses, you know, I don't think uh, many small business um, can uh, even give opportunities of sharing the cost of or the benefits utilities to their employers employees sorry so it really depends what you refer to okay you know, that's, uh, like, that's like in, in large corporations ageism when you get a certain age so that they don't have to give you your full pension when you're 65 or 67 they buy you out it's kind of like firing and then they make a deal with you or something. Okay. So pandemic shut down businesses. Some some did not survive. What what Ruben was saying is that these businesses are done. So at least they honored, you know, their agreement as much as they could and they paid the people out. That's a, that's, out. A, that's a good sign. Okay. Yeah, that so that leads into the next question before I see to Sam, because Sam has a few great questions he wants to ask as well. Is for-profit the enemy and can social justice and equity be attainable mr kirkadair this one is on you would you state that again please Just i knew you were going to ask me that mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I knew you were going to ask that <laughs> is for-profit the enemy and can social justice and equity be attainable no, I don't think that for-profit is an enemy. And yes, social justice is, uh, and equity is attainable. But in what, um, in what field are you referring to this? 
it always seems to be this it always seems to be this this rotating thing of coming back to funding you know um possible broadcast i mean what what are we what are we discussing as far as social justice are we discussing uh, something to train inner city youth, which I've done for a long time, and every time they try to open a restaurant in order to give these kids uh, some sort of uh, a possible experience, practical experience, then they say, oh, we can't do that because uh, it's a for-profit. And I'm like, well, but you're, you're being funded by state funds in order to train these kids so that they can go out into the world and in a practical situation, in a restaurant situation, because I, I train them in wine classes, you know, you, you want to give them practical experience. They can't get hired without practical experience unless they fit. Right. Or, or, or the point is that you should be able to have both. You should be able to, it should be a cooperative thing where you should be able to fund it in order to train them and then be allowed to make a certain amount of profit to cover part of those expenses. That's uh, certainly, one view that I would put out, because having experienced it, you know, it's like, why can't these kids get a decent job? Well, they can't get a job because they don't have experience. Well, they've been given experience, but now you won't let them work to make money to give themselves an experience. Right. That's excellent. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because you say, well, it always comes back to the broadcast. I, the reason why I mentioned those different marginalized groups is because I made a conscious decision of who I wanted to bring in. What I like about media is that media allows people of various backgrounds and uh, strengths to be utilized. Uh, you can take someone that has no work experience and utilize them as a production assistant if they can move chairs. You know, um, and I, I don't I don't know if all business, all industries have that level of ca uh, capacity. So this is something that I'm curious about as an entrepreneur. Yeah, Marquis, let me help you with that curiosity. You know, it is said that in the United States of America, you can do anything you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. And there is some real truth to that. But the word that really fits in there more than any other word is aptitude. You have to have aptitude for what you're looking to do. And so you can start off with, with being in a restaurant, as Kirk Adair has talked of, and you can start getting enough money to put food on your table and to pay your rent. But what is your aptitude? What, what is your passion? And so you have to find that. And once you find that, you have to work hard at it. And, and if people are not going to work really hard at what their aptitude and or passion are is, then, then they're not going to excel. So you have to work hard. I'm, you know, and, and I think that we as business owners have a responsibility to reach out to certain populations. And I don't know why that makes people feel uncomfortable. But Rob, I know that you're a business owner. Now, Ruben, I don't know if Ruben's agreeing with you or if he's... Dancing to the oh, beat of a different drum. Oh, I agree. I agree with what he's saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, then he's agreeing a lot because, you know, but at the end of the day, I would say that we as business owners have a certain responsibility. And I just wanted to see what everybody else thought. Sam, well, I think one of the great things about your show, Marquis, Verbal Assault, is that while there are live stream, while there are a lot of disagreements ideologically, there's a lot of overlapping here as well. We can agree on so many things and find that common ground here and elsewhere. 
So, you know, it's, it's just, uh, that's where it's at. Find the common ground, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Sam, you've got a few questions you want to throw in right quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. The topic of the day was for profit versus nonprofit, uh, social justice versus social equity. So, um, thinking, I was thinking about the, the topic and the, the first question that popped to my mind was about America being built on the backs of capitalists and dreamers and laborers and hard workers. So going through the pandemic, we all experienced a lot of um, ups and downs, a lot of people out of work, et cetera. So I'm just wondering, uh, there's a lot of people who would like to change the direction of that. So do we believe, do we think that we should stop American progress and go for a free model as in a socialist model? And I'd like to know the opinions of everyone on the panel. Well, socialism, as Margaret Thatcher put it, there's a problem with it. The problem with socialism is that eventually you run out of other people's money. And you can see that across the globe throughout centuries of history. Capitalism is where it's at. Capitalism does level the playing field. If you, if you, if you are somebody who just got here, say, legally from Mexico, you can go ahead and convince your neighbor to have them uh, hire you to cut their lawn. You cut their lawn. They tell everybody in the neighborhood, wow, he did a great job. That place looks beautifully manicured. And before you know it, that guy's got 20, 30, 40, 50 clients. He then buys a truck with a trailer with bobcats on it. Those big, those big walk behind, um, you know, giant 48 inch wide mower blade things. And so then he hires on. That's capitalism. If, if you let you paint, what's, say, I'm sorry, Ruben, what's that? Shared economy. You know, shared you give economy. a service, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shared economy. So, you know, you can go ahead and convince somebody to let you paint their bedroom. And if you are able to take this brush thing and put paint on and this roller thing and paint it out and do a good job, you can excel and you can start getting more paint jobs. And before you know it, that guy can hire people on. That's what capitalism is. Capitalism is not... Uh, some evil system. It's the best system on planet Earth. If everyone has access. Right. Yes. Well, um, my, my, uncle, my, my mother's uncle used to explain to me that he started off with a chicken. I mean, these are people who lived off the land. He started off with that chicken, and that chicken gave him five more chickens. So he sold two of the chicken, <laughs> and that chicken gave them more eggs. And it's, that's, that's, also, that's what capitalism is. <laughs> so in other words so in other words you're saying I think I think the problem with capitalism you know is the idea that everyone can get to the top and that is something that we were discussing in other shows you know that's what I my aim of you know equality it gets out of you know it, there is like a gray area because you know when I was referring in other shows about teaching people the realistic way of, you know, it's working hard, be innovative, you know, on this market, it's not about, you know, all right, so you suffer in the past or, you know, your family suffer. Sure, we can help you, give you a push and that's all right. You know, there's what, that's what social uh, programs are in many countries worldwide, including Mexico. And, and, and that gives opportunity for those who didn't have it to, to aspire to something better. 
but conditioning them that you know it's all going to happen by magic or right that you know it, right. you know that's when capital you know people started getting holding a grudge when they they don't get to where they aspire to and and, and, and many many things that many things about the american dream that a lot of illegal immigrants get wrong you know, where they're chasing that carrot and they're, no, 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 my life is going to get better on that other side of the fence. The, the, the grass is greener on the side of the fence. Well, if you are smart, if you got street smarts, probably will. And probably, you know, like tons of people who, who move there, you know, from Ireland and, you know, the East Coast or whatever, you know, people can make it in this market. But, you know, there is a, a gray area on how people are you know immersed in the in the in the system itself. Well, you know what the, the, the truth, truth is that the truth is that life is like a pyramid and there's not enough room at the top for everybody it's about hard work and commitment exactly. and earning a living you know you really you're have not to, gonna rise to the top you can at least earn a living you know yeah, I, at least. Hold on. I disagree with rising to the top um because each industry will have its own kind of a top and it's up right. to you to get creative. That's it's, true. it's up to you to get creative to expand and bring that top to another level by changing something. Changing but you can earn a living. Yeah, yeah, but still, what I but mean who is, wants to just I mean, earn a living, not me. What I mean is, you've well, got some people are happy with that. You've got like uh, you've got like uh, Apple execs. They own Apple. It's a massive corporation. Sure. That's a kind of billion-dollar income that maybe Ruben was referring to that right. maybe some students cannot achieve, right? But like um, like Nyorka said, one one chicken led to five, and you can build that. He right. said it right. That, that, no, that, that was right. That was a great that example. That her name right. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. example. Oh, so, <laughs> Nyorka, but, he's so working on it. <laughs> a chicken farm, a chicken farm is going to be finite, where software development can be infinite because right. that, can, that can span the globe. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree, Samuel. Samuel, a, chick, a chicken in a farm is not finite. A, chick, a farm is only but so big, Marky. Right. <laughs> a farm is only so big within its borders. Unless it's Purdue. <laughs> Come on, Marky. It's exactly. not just Come on, Marky. I said it, you would build it as much as you can, and then you would need to do something to make it go to another level. Well, right. Monsanto, Monsanto okay. doesn't. Monsanto doesn't think it's finite, and that they're farm. they're selling seeds. Excuse me. Well, Monsanto's that's that's rare. rare. That farm is only but so big. You would need to add. You would need to add on by getting another farm, or making, or or building levels on your farm, or something. You would need to change something. That Maybe would be speaking. And, it's I, fine. and I think, and I think we can, we can, we, we can use, you know, the pandemic. For instance, you know, I talked about my friends in Europe who got laid off work because the airline was not feasible, you know, right. checks and stuff. You know, I think sometimes, at least the silver lining to me as a business owner, you know, is diversifying services and how, you know, chaos can also bring opportunities. Because you have to and pivot. So I think, I think, yeah, because, you know, and, and so even this social experiment of me sharing and listening to your perception on things right there in the East Coast or wherever you're in, in the U.S., you know, it's through experience with others that I can review and assess, okay, this is what is needed. And this is what I can, you know, maybe uh, aim my work towards as a neuroscientist, for example, as a cognitive researcher, because it interests me, you know, how to approach a situation with ease 
you know, we're not pushing against something because my aim, you know, and at least this is my work, you know, this is how my process, creative process of, of being innovative starts, you know, how can I approach uh, in a social context the correct nice. answer for, for service? Now, one second, Kirk, did you want to add something right quick? Yeah, I was going to say capitalism is great as long as it doesn't become a monopoly. Right. That's, right. that's, that's the first problem. That's the point. And the second problem is that um, capitalism as a monopoly, like the medical industry, I mean, I, if you're talking about socialism, I believe that there should be some socialism in medicine because A, there are cures for so many things around the world that are totally suppressed because it's economically feasible for the Rockefellers to continue the cut and thrust or give them a pill nonsense when in fact there is there are healing methods uh, because it's only allopathic it's homeopathic was what this country was healed on up until Rockefeller got his hands on it I'm There's still little China. there is um, uh, Chinese medicine the good Chinese medicine I'm not talking about the Wuhan nonsense but I mean traditional right. Chinese medicine right. <laughs> and I believe you made me fall out with Kirk. Go ahead, go ahead. And I believe that there should be, you know, uh, as someone once said, capitalism plus. And I believe that 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 there should be certain areas because I, I feel that the med the medical industry is deified and that that platform should be ripped right out from under them because they every single day they violate the Hippocratic Oath because they are doing things like chemotherapy that kill people. That's all right. right. They know that it kills people and they're still doing it. It's a lie. And, and, once, on. and once, once socialism is introduced to that, then they go into it for the real reason to heal people instead of make a dollar and buy something and get a car and get, you know, get another car and get whatever. They do it for the real reason instead of the, in, the capitalistic incentive and, and, you know, the, and the dentists are just as bad. You know, no, the right. side effects of the medication will kill you. In some well, exactly. Not really a side yeah. it's an effect. Um, right. right, now. Um, that's it. We were talking, we were talking uh, earlier about- That's just as bad. I like the way you ended it. Huh? The dentist is just as bad. That's what Kirk said. Very important to know. It's a great way to end it, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so earlier we were dental. talking about our, uh, our Ill illegal immigrant brothers. So, so what do we think in terms of them coming here and enjoying our system, our, our freedoms, uh, and um, achieving or getting free health care, free driver's license, free education? Um, what do you think about that panel? I think I think it should not be done because this is a country that's bankrupt. We need to know how money is created. And um, the money is created is actually through our contract with the United States. The United States doesn't have any money. So what they do is, is that our, um, I don't want to say too much, but our birth certificate, and in my case, me becoming a U.S. citizen, I already made a contract with, with the government. So my social security number by me working and, and putting it into um you're investing into the, the is how is how i am creating money an illegal immigrant is not doing that an illegal immigrant is just receiving the federal reserve notes and in many instances they send it to their country and then we as the one who created that um contract right. with the united states are going to pay more taxes because of that 
So just I, because may I say something? money is created in this country, we cannot have illegal immigrants. Samuel, I'd like I to agree. respond. I'd like to respond to your question. Um, as an African American, this is something that I'm very sensitive about. Um, New York State and New York City are very, very pro-immigration. I don't know if New York City and New York State are very pro-black. Wait a and with all with all of these with all of these, I'm sorry, I'm hearing. Is that me speaking? Am I getting feedback or somebody speaking? Do you mean illegal immigration or do you mean legal immigration? I, I'm speaking to both sides of the equation. I don't know Just if we, It's not the same it, thing. It's not the same. But you're asking me the question. Um, I'm going to say that I don't know if we should be bringing people into the country to do quote unquote jobs that no one will do when we, we're not employing who's here. Right. And that is why mm -hmm. we get the hostility against immigrants that we have. Now, I feel that my brother on, from Mexico that's on the conversation and my sister from um, the Dominican Republic that's in the conversation, she's had to educate me before because I asked a question to her one time that she was very offended by and it got all the way up to HR and they spoke with me about it. And that's okay. I, don't, I didn't understand where that was coming from. But that I had to question. My, well, it's Nyerka, if I may. Um, sure. The question is because I was eating chicken, and as an African American, I think that I know chicken. <laughs> so when I'm so we were doing a catering job together, and I was eating chicken that was just so damn good. I was like, "Oh my God, what is this?" And like my, you know, my personality is a little bit of, okay. It's over the top, and Yurka was Yurka kind of looked at me, and she was like, "Well, what?" You mean, what's wrong with you? Like, it's Dominican chicken, boy. Like, really? And I just, I couldn't stop raving about the chicken, okay? And I don't know what came out in the conversation, but she was uncomfortable. And, and I'm one of those people that when I discuss something, I, 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 can, I can do that with people. I can create discomfort. Whatever it was, it was a, it, it was a cultural moment because regardless of how black I may think I am or how black my experience is, other people eat chicken, okay? Uh, and, yeah, everybody. And African-Americans do not have the corner of the market. So any more than they do. So was, it a, um, was it a cultural thing? Did she get offended? Were you offended because of something that he said that was culturally incorrect or offensive? There, there, I'm, trying to be, I'm seeking clarity. There was something I said that she must have been offended by because okay. it was spoken about and HR addressed it to me. And so when they asked me about the situation, I didn't know who they were referring to. And then I said, do you mean the Dominican girl? And they said, we're not allowed to say that. I said, well, she is Dominican. That's a fact. That's nothing offensive. I just said, she's Dominican. Like, but, but, but nowadays, we get so PC that yeah. I can't even acknowledge the country my Afro-Caribbean sister is from without HR saying, no, 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 don't say that. I didn't well, say it, 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 it might have been the tone. 
Because sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. This is true. And so what I had to think back to our interaction, the chefs, the, one of the, the lead chef, I believe, was French, and the second in command was of Dominican descent, um, uh, Latino. I, 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 usually, I, use, I usually say Afro-Dominican, excuse me, I usually say Afro-Latino, or I say um, Latino-Caribbean. I don't That's think you should get tangled into so many names. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I, I think I have a very I need, I need to acknowledge the Afro because it doesn't get spoken of enough. But, but if Yurka wants to speak... It doesn't get spoken of enough. It gets spoken about every day all over the country. Listen, I, I got a quick anecdotal story that I think uh, is... Is, is it about chicken? <laughs> <laughs> he eats chicken, I guarantee you that. But, but we, got about, we got about five minutes, guys. Okay, this is yeah. about a minute. I got a, a young El Salvadorian friend. Why you gotta His be from grandma. El Salvador? I'm sorry? <laughs> okay, this guy's from El Salvador. I don't know what that was about, but anyway. This guy is, is from El Salvador. His grandmother snuck in here illegally years and years ago. And it was Ronald Reagan's amnesty that legalized her. Okay. And then so the criminal. The criminal, okay. So the amnesty, that Reagan did back then, it made sense. Of course, the Democrats in Congress stabbed him in the back on the deal. But it's a so this grandmother, she I got all kinds of info on that, uh, Marquez, sort of look on your face. But this grandmother built up as the matriarch a beautiful family. And this young El Salvadorian, he managed to pick himself up a brand spanking new Ford Transit for a moving company that he's got. And I'm, I'm in the van with him and I say to him, you know, they, they were acting as if, you know, back in the day that the streets are paved with gold, bunch of bullshit, but there's opportunity anyway. And his answer, as this El Salvadorian 32 year old man, he says to me, oh, Rob, metaphorically, I see gold everywhere I look in this country and in this city. Metaphorically speaking, there's gold everywhere. And so that was a really smart statement from him. And he's one guy from South America. And I think that we have everything set up for people to come from all over the planet to find that gold, as long as you're willing to work hard and find your aptitude. Right, and as long as we are able to give those of African descent the same opportunities, no one will have a problem with immigration. There are a lot of rich people in this country that are black. Let me say, let me say. Not enough of them. As a person who travels, (laughs) as a person who travels, if you all are travelers, when you get to other countries, you will see the same thing metaphorically, all of that gold, wherever you're going. Not as much. when When we're in the country that we've been birthed in and we stay here all of our lives, many things get taken for granted. Yes. Many things, including yeah. opportunities. Right. It's easier to place blame. It's easier to place, place blame. It's easier to, to, to find what's wrong with something and, as opposed to finding what can be done better. Right. Looking for a solution. Yeah. Right. Like he always says that. I've heard all of these things, but now. I always I'm, say what? What do I say? You <laughs> always say you want solutions. You've heard I can't hear you, brother. You've always heard, uh, you've always said. You've heard enough of the problems. You want solutions. Right on. Yeah. 
So when you go somewhere else outside of your comfort zone and you're in another country, this is what you will, this is what you will encounter. You will experience a growth and you will see all, all things that glitter can be gold. All right. You know what? I went to England one time. When I, you know, I did a lot of traveling because I was an international model. And one time when I was in England, I, you know, I was the only um, woman of color in my group. And I was asked by customs how much money I was bringing into the country. Ooh. Like, I don't, and I don't know, I don't know why that was <laughs> relevant, that but I was offended. And um, I said, I don't think that that's any of your business. And they told me, basically, I'll put your black ass back on a plane. They didn't say it like that. But they said, you know, we'll put you on a, back to a, on a plane to America. And then my, my mentor who was with me, she stepped up and said, that, and she gave the amount of money that she had that covered both of us. And so they let me through. But it was like I was coming in to take jobs from their people or I was coming in as a whole. I don't know what they thought. But well, I, Cherokee, very often like you when, said I, when I've gone into other countries, I've had problems because I am a woman of color. Sometimes it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. You know. It's how you say it. No, my... it's how it, they, they asked me how much money I was bringing to the country. They didn't ask anybody else. Nowadays, I don't know when you did that, but nowadays when you're on the plane and you're, going, you're entering another country, they'll give you a form to fill in. And they yeah. just want to know, are you bringing in more than 10000 This 000? was before. This right. was before. I understand. Ah, I didn't know I was, that. I was, tar I was targeted because I, 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 I was leaving Greece. Or maybe you fell targeted. No, right. I was tar. I was targeted. I was in. What Greece year was that? I'm leaving. I was in. What Greece year was that? Just I don't remember. But I was in Greece one time leaving, and they pulled me offline and asked and asked me for a business card. I have I have the identification of life. And they're asking, I'm on vacation. I don't have a business card. And they, they helped me. And I called my friend who happened to be in government in Athens. And, um, and then they put me in, they, they, it worked out. They put me in first class. You had to pull some so, strings. But the point out, I, but the point is I was targeted again. It happened to me very, it happened because to me Because you're a, a woman, you were American or because of your color? Because, because I, I think it was, I'm not sure. But it happened to me usually coming, and sometimes it happened coming back into the country. Oh, my mother used to say, maybe they think you're, my mother used to say, maybe they think you're a mule, like you're carrying drugs or something. Maybe. And, and it didn't matter how I was dressed or how I was made up or anything. I always, I, I started, I had these problems. Um, I would like so, to, I, I would like to say, guys, 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 I'm I'd like to, to give a closing minutes, thought about. Less right. than 15 seconds, go ahead. All right, closing thought about social e equity. You know, I think we won't be able to achieve it unless we first understand ourselves and learn how to deal with our own fears and our own, you know, and learn how to cope fear. with it. Because, you know, living, being living proof of what we aspire to be, you know, and actually living by it every day, every day with everyone around us, you know, that will reciprocate without having to push against anything. I've never that's had a problem right. with oh, that's, my, okay. that's my closing thought on social Thank equity. you. Okay. And it's a damn good one. <laughs> hey, Ruben. I am, getting, I am getting a signal from our production, and so we're down to three minutes. Um, it's very, very, very long week. I'm going to give each of you one word. One is not two or three. Sum up the uh, current condition in the United States in one word, in your encarnacion. <laughs> Confusing. Cherokee Black. Um, inequality. I don't know. <laughs> Samuel Kuchera. Recovering. Recovery is good. 
Uh, Kirk Adair. Volatile. From your perspective, Ruben Marquina. Reconciliation. Hmm. So we've got a, some very interesting Kirk. things going Rob on. Did, I'm sorry? Rob Kirk. Arnold. Oh, Rob Arnold, I am sorry. Uh, go ahead. How dare you skip on <laughs> Jealousy. Now you know what I feel like as an African-American. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, okay. Just you put it all on race, huh? Um, I know. It's, uh, it's uh, jealousy. Is the one that was jealousy. A lot, of, a lot of jealousy out there. In the United States, we are in turmoil, and we are asking for something that our government is finally getting to the point that it's having to deal with. It doesn't mean that they're willing to answer the question, but they're having to deal with it. Right now in New York City, we have to be in by 8 p.m. If we're not in by 8 p.m., then we're violating curfew. So what does that mean? It means that people are going down streets and they're asking for something that they don't feel that everybody has. It also means that some people are saying, why are they in the streets screaming and why are there broken windows? A Caucasian business owner summed it up best for me. I happened to be on YouTube and the Caucasian business owner owned a coffee shop. His window got broken and showed it on video. It didn't get broken into because maybe his perspective would have been different, but it got broken. And he said, if my broken window is the cost of these people getting racial justice, social justice, then the least I could do was deal with a broken window because he says the insurance will pay for that. He didn't get robbed, but go ahead. Not everybody is insured. Not everybody has surety. And on certain lives and in certain situations, not everybody has that guarantee. And this is why some people say Black Lives Matter. I want to thank you. I'm Marquis Devereaux. I'm your host of Verbal Assault Livestream. We're a political podcast that has real people that speak about real issues in real time. You're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or the 11 other platforms, and we appreciate you. We can be contributed to, because we are listener-supported, on Patreon, Twitch, or one of the Anchor platforms. And please, if you're interested in being a sponsor, reach on out, because Anchor allows you to do that. I want to thank Cherokee Black, Kirk Adair, uh, Ruben Marquina, Nierk Encarnacion, Rob Arnold, and my co-host, Mr. Samuel Kachira. The American people are screaming that we need change. Well, is our president in agreement? I don't know. Is our government in agreement? I don't know. Are our listeners in agreement? I don't know. But we won't know unless you reach out to us. So if you want to be part of the podcast, C-A-S-T-C-R-E-W, 212 at Gmail. Cast crew 212 at Gmail. Let us know and we'll figure out a way to get you in. Right now we're coming in remotely, so you don't even have to come into the studio. Um, we want you to have a good week. Please be safe. Remember, it's all about the message. Don't be distracted from the message. Don't allow someone to dictate your narrative. If you don't speak up, then shut up. I'm Marky <laughs> Devil Rebel Assault Rock Live Stream. Um,